Hey, Cracked fans. If you're a listener of this podcast, I imagine you feel fairly similar to how I do about the latest clothing options made available across the tennis market. Now, while I won't call out any brand in particular, I will say this. Given the exorbitant nature of the latest designs, feels like you better be pretty freaking good at tennis if you want to wear that sort of clothing on the court. Now, thankfully, we here at Crack Rackets are now able to provide a far more suitable, far more more comfortable, and I'm going to be honest, far more stylish option for all of our Crack Rackets fans, courtesy of our friends over at Lucky Racket. Lucky Racket uses some of the best fitting and feeling tees in the world. Their shirts are combed, ring-spun, heirloom cotton, and tri-blend Bella and Canvas. I don't even know what that means, but that sounds spectacular. So, how can you get yourself some Lucky Racket gear? It's simple. Just go to their website, LuckyRacket.com. That's L-U-C-K-Y-R-A-C-K-E-T.com. And use our promo code CRACK15. If you do, you'll get 15% off all of your purchases. That means 15% off the shirts, 15% off all of the incredible swag offered by our friends. Again, that's LuckyRacket.com. The promo code is CRACK15. Storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, August 11th. We do apologize for the sporadic nature of the Mini Break podcast schedule over these past few days. That's my bad. I apologize. I've been Lewis and Clarking my way across the United States. Last week, I was in D.C. for the 2021 City Open. I am sure listeners are sick and tired of me regaling you all with tales from that event. So I will simply say, if you missed out on any of our coverage, you can catch up on it all on our website, crackrackets.com. Of course, from D.C., I drove directly to Kalamazoo, Michigan for the USDA Boys 16s and 18s National Championships, the winner of that event, getting a wild card into the main draw of the U.S. Open in the 18s, getting a wild card into the Junior U.S. Open in the 16s. Of course, it's also one of the first events that has all of the college coaches across the country in one location scouting all of the top prospects across the United States. And so, of course, I feel obliged to be on the ground there each and every day. There was rain all day Wednesday. That made it a little bit more difficult to get interviews. But rest assured, we have a ton of fun content coming down the pipeline on the Cracked Interviews podcast. You can already hear my conversations with Michigan State uh, assistant coach Harry Jaden with Texas A&M, men's tennis head coach Steve Denton. Plenty more planned over the next few days, so be on the lookout for all of that content on the Cracked Interviews podcast. Also had the GOAT, Colette Lewis, on the GSP today to talk about how the fields are shaping up, what you need to know right now about what's happening at the national championships for American junior tennis. So, of course, again, to hear all of our Kalamazoo coverage, great shot podcast feed, 
cracked interviews podcast feeds are the place to be. But of course, I owe all of you listeners one more apology as I am well aware we've got 1,000 level action happening this week on the ATP and WTA tours. And I also know first time since 2001, let me repeat that, first time since 2001, just so you listeners know, I have a little brother whom I love dearly by the name of Nicholas Gruskin. He was not born the last time, not a single member of the big three, no Roger Federer, no Novak Djokovic, no Rafael Nadal in the men's field in Toronto here in Canada. Of course, on the flip side and the women's field, while there is no Ashley Barty, there's no Venus, there's no Serena. I don't know why I threw Venus in there. It's honestly just a reflex at this point to say them together. But we do have Arena Sabalenka, your number one seed at this event. We do have the return of Simona Halep as well, Bianca Andreescu in the field also. We've got perhaps the hottest player in women's tennis right now in Danielle Collins. You've got, you know, obviously the Garbine Muguruzas of the world, Carolina Pliskova of the world, all the top women in action, so many of the top men outside of the big three as well. You've got Medvedev, you've got Tsitsipas, you've got Rublev, so many fantastic faces. A great, again, data point for all of us tennis fans as we try to prepare for the year's final Grand Slam in New York. It is crazy to think the U.S. Open now only a few weeks away, and rest assured, U.S. Open preview content, we will not be slacking here at Cracked Rackets. You'll get your underdogs. You'll get your top contenders podcast. You'll get your draw previews. All of that coming down the pipeline. So again, a bit of a content update here before I get into the Canada action. But what I want to do on today's podcast is set the scene for all of you. What's happening in Toronto? What's happening in Montreal? Who will be the king and queen of the North after this week of tennis in Canada? I'll talk about the most notable results, talk about the players that have impressed the most, and so much more. Of course, Before I can do any of that, I want to remind all of you listeners that the reason we are able to cover all of this action, the reason we are able to go on the road for a few weeks here at Cracked Rackets, and of course, we're so excited to be heading to Pennsylvania to cover our friend at Lotto's uh, exhibition event and be on the lookout for more coverage, be on the lookout for more information about what that event is going to entail. We're excited to get on the road to do a couple of things over the next few weeks. None of that would be possible without the support we get from all of you, without the support we get from our Patreon family and, of course, without the support we get here on the Mini Break Podcast, specifically for from our friends over at Tennis Point. You all know the deal. Tennis-point.com for the best equipment at the best prices. Use our promo code CR15. You'll get 15% off your order. Free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. Again, that's Tennis-point. The simple, not the spelling. Tennis-point.com. Really Really excited, hoping to do some live content with them during the Western and Southern Open in Cincinnati. Stay tuned for more information about that. But again, to check out all of their equipment at all of the best prices, it's tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. With all of that said, let's start with the women's field. And I believe they are in Montreal this week. It's a 1,000-level event. Again, we got things such as the return of Simona Halep. We get to see Arena. 
Arena Sabalenka in action. Your top seeds here, number one seed is Arena Sabalenka, who, of course, yesterday, one of the most fun matches of the day, or maybe it was earlier today. I'm honestly blanking at this point. I think it was earlier today uh, she was able to knock out Sloane Stevens. And I mean, just listen to this draw for Sloane Stevens. She gets a three-set win over Diana Yastremska in round number one for Sabalenka, a three-set win over Stevens to kick off her campaign. And we all know Arena Sabalenka is a player who certainly capitalizes on momentum, who when she's riding hot, when she's playing her best tennis, she can knock off anyone. But let's be honest here. After what felt like a rat race, just week after week, match after match, day after day, Arena Sabalenka is in your top 10 of most matches played on the WTA Tour since the Tour resumed last August. But she's a momentum player, and it feels like at least you know since the Olympics where she lost early, hasn't played since then. Maybe a couple of weeks off, certainly good for her body, but may disrupt disrupt her rhythm. She looked good against Steven. Certainly there were the waves, and I say it all the time, 14 of the 16 losses for Sabalenka have come in three sets here this season. She'll now take on Rebecca Marino, the 30-year-old Canadian having a dream week as she gets a wild card, knocks off Madison Keys, the seed in her first-round match, then follows it up with a three-set win over Paula Bedosa-Jabert to advance to the Montreal round of 16. You look for Marino, who's dealt with different injuries, so many different things over these past uh, few seasons. She's outside the top 150 now, but back up to number 175 with the round of 16 appearance here. And again, to get to do it in front of your home crowd, that is what it is all about. Certainly, we look uh, for Rebecca Marino, one of the best stories of this tournament thus far, but you know, again, you look right now where we're at in the round of 16. Sabalenka going to be taking on Marino. You've got I would argue just supremely fascinating matchups everywhere else across the board. Not that that one's not particularly interesting, but, you know, Maria Sakkari, the 11th seed, who had struggled during the clay court, uh, excuse me, during the grass court season, and, and, you know, despite knocking out Conteve in the, early in the Olympics, didn't make it as far as perhaps we thought she would, given the surface, but, you know, she got a good win. First match over Marie Buskova follows that up today. Three-set win for her over Veronica Kudermatova. Kudermatova back on hardcore certainly going to be super, super dangerous. And, you know, another player who was so good through the first third of the season, then just had the break start going the other way for her over the past few months. But I'm not ready to count out Kudermatova. I saw how high that level was at the early portion of the season. And I think her level has sustained. It's just, again, some of the big points after all breaking her way early in the season, they haven't. Sakari was just the fitter of the two, the more dynamic from the baseline. Kudermatova's power a little bit flatter. Sakari's ball, again, a little bit more spin-heavy, a little bit more dynamic. She ultimately just had a little bit more, a few more options on the court. She ultimately gets the three-set win where now she'll take on Vika Azarenka. And having been in Washington, D.C., Vika pulling out of what was supposed to be an exhibition event in D.C. with some injury concerns, just wanted to be healthy here to play Montreal, and then most importantly, just be healthy here down the home stretch as, you know, she obviously made a final last year at the U.S. Open, and it's not even about the points to defend, it's just the opportunities that are available for her here now down the back half of this season, so good to see her get a 2-2 two two win to kick off her campaign over an informed Serana Kirstea, so again, it's going to be Sakari Azarenka, Sabalenka versus 
Francis Marino. That's the Sabalenka quarter. You look for the Carolina Pliskova quarter. She gets a really good win over a returning to form Donna Vekic. And if you've watched Donna Vekic of late, yes, there have been some three-set losses mixed in, but her level continues to improve as she returns from some health issues earlier in the season. She ultimately, again, falls in her matchup 4-6-6-3-7-6 to Carolina Pliskova, but Vekic is a name to circle. She's had some, you know, I think she made a final of late. Was it a final or a semifinal on the grass courts in the lead-up to Wimbledon? I believe won a match or two there, and just, I'm telling you, she's starting to play better tennis. I know how crowded that top 50 is right now, but that's a good win for Pliskova, who has to be confident coming off of a Wimbledon final and just now we're back on the hard courts and she's re-solidified herself in the top 10 and just, you know, all of the... It it feels like she's now playing with house money a little bit and how long has it been since Karolina Pliskova was playing with house money till there weren't expectations of her and yet she's able to go out there freely and play her best tennis. It's a really nice win and now, fun matchup from a power tennis perspective. Certainly Amanda Nisimova, Karolina Pliskova, two players who can absolutely hit the cover off of the ball Good result for Anisimova, who gets in through qualifying, beats Martin Sova, then knocks off Ocean Doden uh, to advance to the round of 16. Again, she's fallen outside the top 50, so for Anisimova to get 1,000-level round of 16 points, you look for her now with this result. Amanda Anisimova back, I believe, uh, inside, I want to say, the top 75, and in fact, that's exactly where she's at, number 75 right now. One more win would get her up to number 68, where she would be slotted right behind fellow young American, although older than her, Ann Lee. Uh, Yeah, I mean... Look, Anisimova, there's been so many different health issues and, you know, obviously a lot of off-court things for her, but she's still only 19 years old. The talent is still abundantly evident. So when she's striking the ball cleanly, when she has time from the baseline and moving while serving well, she's going to dictate. She can hang out in Serena Williams Power Tennis Country Club perhaps later on in her career and obviously when she blitzed through to the French Open semifinals back in 2019, everyone immediately was expecting massive things from her. Obviously, some circumstances outside of her control has slowed down that ascent, but again she is into the round of 16 now. Fun match against Pliskova. You look at the other half of this quarter. You've got the power tennis of Pliskova and Nisimova, and then you've got the grind Sarah Suribes Tormo, who's knocked out Carol Zhao, and the always talented Ludmilla Samsonova, who got a three-set win over Elena Rabakina in a power tennis central match up there in the first round. Uh, Sinyakova, or excuse me, Suribes Tormo now knocks out Samsonova. You know Suribes Tormo, again, one of the breakthrough players, most improved players of this season. Her physicality, her variety, uh, certainly the strengths of her game. She's now going to have a grind fest against Katerina Sinyakova. Sinyakova knocking off Ostapenko in straight sets in the first round. Good win over Muguruza as well. It's crazy to think that for Katarina Sinyakova, it's like, all right, first round you get Ostapenko. Second round, you're going to get Garbine Muguruza. Third round, now you get Cerebes Tormo as well. It's murderer's row. Match after match after match at the WTA Tour. You're going to face a high-level opponent. You're going to have some sort of difficult outcome. Again, that's really fun contrast of styles. Pliskova and Anisimova, the power tennis up top. Sinyakova versus Cerebus. Torma, a little bit more variety, a little bit more grind on bottom. Should be a really fun top half of the draw. You look at the other round of 16s and where we're at. Petra Kvitova, the seventh seed, coming back from injury. She gets a 4-4 four four win, comfortable win. Her power tennis 
winning out over Fiona Farrow. She now is going to have a matchup against Camilla Giorgi, the talented, hard-hitting Italian, a 2-4 win over Nadia Podoroska. You look elsewhere in terms of that section of the draw. Coco Goff advancing after retirement from Potapova. She is now going to take on Joe Conta after Conta knocks off Alina Svitolina in a three-set victory. Now, for Svitolina, coming off of the Olympics... Yes, it's a concerning first-round loss, particularly given the lack of matches and the lack of form for Joe Conta. But, you know, again, it's one match. Um, The bronze medal we've earned, we've hit the pause on the panic button for Alina Svitolina. That was such a great result for her. And again, this is one match, three-set loss, refinding your rhythm after, you know, being in Japan and doing all the things you do that come with the Olympics. Meanwhile, golf just continues to steamroll, and she was so excellent in the exhibitions. She just looked in control in Washington, D.C., and she's been in control all year long. You look at the 2021 ELO ratings right now uh, for the women. Currently, Coco Golf ninth, uh, you know, behind the top 10 right now, Ash Barty 1, Krechikova 2, Sabalenka 3, Danielle Collins 4, who, by the way, delivers your win of the day on Wednesday as she knocks out Simona Halep in Halep's return to court. Now, considering Collins, I believe this is her what? I want to say she won San Jose as well, so 15th consecutive win, 16th, 17th maybe consecutive win here. That's a tough first match back for Simona Halep, but it speaks right now to Danielle Collins' level. She's fourth in 2021 ELO ratings. Fourth! It's unbelievable. It's former semifinalist at the Australian Open, now back up inside comfortably the top 50 of the rankings. She currently sits at number 27. Her career high, obviously, number, or excuse me, number 26. Her career high, number 23. Very much in sight. She would need a couple of more wins to get it at this event, but I mean, the power tennis of Danielle Collins clicking on all cylinders, and again, that three-set win over Simona Halep. Super, super impressive. She advances now to face fellow countrywoman Jess Pagula. Pagula, a three-set win over Pavla Chankova. As I'm recording, Jabour and Kasakina are battling. The winner will face number two seed and someone with so many points to defend this fall, an Indian Wells title, a U.S. Open title from 2019. Of course, I'm referring to Bianca Andrescu, who gets a three-set win. And again, to run through that field, we've still got Sabalenka alive, Andrescu alive, Collins has been that good. Gula has been that good this year. Goff's been that good this year. Kvitova in the Middle East was outstanding. Pliskova started to play her best. Sariba's Tormo, such a grinder. Sakri was one of the big stories through the first third or half of the season. Man, super, super fun draw on the women's side happening in Montreal. Look forward to seeing all that action unfold. Over the next couple, uh, over the next couple of days, and you know, again, for those of you curious right now, who what's that top fifteen club? What's that top twenty club uh, in the women's game currently? It's still that same group. Ashley, uh, excuse me, Arena Sabalenka, still a top fifteen club member. Garbine Muguruza, still a top fifteen club member. Uh, Iga Sviantek, still a top fifteen club member. Own Jabour. Barely inside the top 15 club, but she is in the top 15 club. And our newest member of the top 15 club sliding in at number 15th in return percentage now, Danielle Collins, who, again, you look at her record now here in 2021 and over these last 52 weeks, 32-12 and 12 overall over the last 52, 28-9 here in 2021. You know, obviously to have a health scare earlier this season as well and to come back clearly 
she's just feeling fit now. And she goes to Palermo. You know, Budapest semifinals loses to Kalnina. She then wins Palermo. She wins San Jose. Oh, so it was the semifinals of Budapest. So excuse me. She's now won 12 matches in a row, but she's won, I believe, 15 of her last 16. Yeah. Danielle Collins playing her best tennis at the most valuable moment. For those curious right now, via Tennis Abstract, Arena Sabalenka, your favorite to win the event, 23.5%. The only other player with over a 10% chance uh, got eliminated today. That's your sixth seed, Simone Halp. So I'm waiting for these formulas to update. But coming into Wednesday's play, Sabalenka was the favorite. Obviously, feels very, very wide open field. Should be a super fun ending week uh, here in Montreal. But let's go to the other side of the continent now. Talk about the action happening in Toronto on the Masters side of this event. Again, no Djokovic, no Nadal, no Federer, no big three at a Masters event for the first time since 2001. I mean, 20 years? Like, does that shock you? After 20 years, you would hope you see a slightly new field, a slightly new generation emerge. And this is a theme we've seen echoed everywhere throughout the 2021 college. Uh, college season. 2021 shows you where my head is at. I'm still in Kalamazoo. 2021 ATP season transitions is something we've talked about each and every week. I think we see this field very much symbolizing that fact. And you look up and down the board. Uh, certainly one of your most impressive players has to be Riley Opelka. You look at what the seven-footer was able to do. Really, really fun three-set win over Nick Kyrgios in round number one. You look for Opelka. He follows it up with a three-and-four win over the 14-seed Grigor Dimitrov in round number two. You look at the seeds knocked off, by the way, thus far. In the round of 32, we lost our five-seed, our nine-seed, our 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16 seeds as well. Now you look up and down the board. Uh, again, Felix Ogier Ali seemed rough day at the office for him. He gets knocked out by the deuce, Dusan Lajevic, 5-4. And, and just the problem with FAA, and we say it here constantly, I saw it in D.C., you saw it in the deuce match. It's just a little bit one-dimensional. When the big forehand's not landing or the big serve's not landing, and you look at the numbers in this match for Felix, yes, he was able to protect his serve really well, but just wasn't able to get clean looks at a first forehand in the Dusan Lajevic service games, and when he wasn't able to get looks to dictate, he just wasn't able to do enough in the outer thirds of the court, wasn't able to turn enough defense into offense, Lajevic playing so decisively as well. It's a really good win uh, for the Deuce, but concerning certainly uh, for FAA. Now, I will say on the flip side, Francis Tiafo looked really, really good in a loss to Jensen Brooksby in D.C., so it doesn't surprise me at all that he's beaten an up-and-down number 5 seed, Denis Shapovalov, 6-1-6-4, rough tournament for the Canadians. Rayanich pulls out Shapovalov and FAA, both top 10 seeds out in their first match. But I'll tell you what, Francis Tiafo right now is fit as a freaking fiddle and just... You know, he was... Gr- I really thought his match against Jensen Brooksby, that was an absolute grind. Like, Tiafo was right there in the match and was with him shot for shot, was hanging with him physically, backhand exchanges as well. They played essentially even, and you look for Francis now, who's, again, it got a top uh, career high inside the top 30, but, you know, he's back up to number 51. And given how up and down it was through his first few years on tour, it just feels like this time... 
his establishing inside the top 50 is just a little bit more legitimate. It just makes a little bit more sense than the first time when he made a final of Delray Beach and, you know, I think it was a quarterfinal at the Australian Open, just kind of all of a sudden found himself in the top 30. This version of Francis is absolutely a top 30, uh, top 50 player. Again, the fitness, the, just the patience in rallies, the development of the backhand, the development of the forehand, how much less of a liability it is. This is a really good performance from Francis who gets the lucky loser here after he lost in qualifying of this event, makes the most of that opportunity, gets into the main draw, earns himself a victory. Again, in terms of some of the seeds who took care of business, I know there was the Medvedev, the hindrance type thing, and you know some of those stories. The truth is I didn't get to see that stuff in the moment. I feel like all of you will have already read and heard about it by now, so I don't have much to add. But Medvedev gets a three-set win over Bublik. Tsitsipas, an impressive three-set win over Ugo Umber, particularly given the speed of this hard-court surface. Good win for Andrei Rublev over Fabio Faunini. Fantastic win. For Casper Root over Marin Chilich, just again, as we try to learn more of a sample size of what he looks like here on the ATP Tour in hardcourt matches, but you know, your other winners, the, I, I mentioned it, uh, the Deuce already, but Diego Schwartzman gets a win over Pair. Roberto Bautista Agut knocks out Tommy Paul in the second round. That's a good run for Tommy to come through qualifying, win a main draw match. I already mentioned the Opelka win. Hatchinov has learned shit. It's a bad word, but he gets through the shit, I suppose, to knock off uh, Aslan Karatsev, advance to the round of 16. You consider him silver medal at the Olympics, now into the round of 16 here at this event. Uh, Karen Hatchev, I don't want to say he's turned the page, but he's clearly playing such better tennis. Uh, he just looks more connected, more engaged out there than he did earlier in the season when he was kind of wandering from match to match with different tactics after different tactics. So, you know, again, Good result for Hatchinoff to advance. You know, not a shock that James Duckworth qualifier knocks out City Open champion Yannick Sinner 3-4. and four. That was a lot of tennis for Sinner, and, you know, both he and Mackey lose early. Not a shock to see that. Good to see Lloyd Harris translate his success from D.C. over here. He knocks out lucky loser Feliciano Lopez, who was in the Nadal spot. Good win for John Isner. Continues his momentum from Atlanta, knocking off Christian Garin, and then... Look, the head-scratcher of the day, there's no doubt. Uh, Baselishvili beating Demonauer 1-1, one one, that's puzzling. And look, Demonauer didn't look great when he lost in three sets to Stevie at the City Open as well. But a 1-1 one one loss, I don't care how big Nicolas Baselishvili hits the ball. For someone who competes as well as Demonauer and who doesn't have the big overwhelming weapons, right? His game is predicated on the way he competes. One in one loss is concerning. So certainly, I'm going to keep my eyes on Alex Diemenauer even more so moving forward. Although it's worth noting, Basilashvili did beat the best player in tennis right now in Jensen Brooks being three sets in the round of 64. Obviously, that was sarcasm, but, you know, again, that's where things are at. You look at our round of 16 matchups. Medvedev, after the tough one against Bublik, he'll certainly enjoy the opportunity to play James Duckworth, although that match physically, absolutely a grind. Hubi Hercotts has yet to play a match. He's into the round of 16 after Nishikori has to uh, withdraw following a physical three-set match of his against Kasmenovic. So now it's going to be Hubi taking on Basilashvili. You've got Rublev, Isner, Feast versus Tiafo, Rude versus Lajovic, Hachinov, Tsitsipas, Schwartzman, RBA, and then the big servers on bottom, Opelka and Lloyd Harris. Hey, one of Schwartzman, 
RBA Opelka Lloyd Harris going to be a semifinalist. And by the way, you throw those four names plus Tsitsipas, Hashinov, Lajevic, and Rude. One of those guys is competing for a Masters title at this event. Tsitsipas is the only one of those eight names to have won a Masters 1000 title before. So very likely we see a first-time finalist. Unless it's Medvedev or Tsitsipas, again, the 14 others in the field had yet to win a Masters 1000. That speaks to the generational shift, the openings available right now on the ATP Tour. But look. That's where things currently stand with the action happening over in Canada. Again, as this week progresses, I'm going to be locking more and more on that action. Of course, we are really excited here at Cracked Records to continue to be on the road. But we know it's our job to ensure you remain the most well-informed, best-educated fans in the business. So be on the lookout for more podcasts covering Toronto. We're going to have some guests on the GSP to talk specifically about the pro action, someone on the grounds there on Friday. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for more content from Kalamazoo, whether it's my conversation with the college coaches on the ground. I'm going to sneak in one more podcast, certainly with Colette Lewis, before my time in KZU is up. All of that content can be found with all of our other work on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to this podcast, the Cracked Interviews podcast, Great Shot podcast, and all of our shows, of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. A shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Leaguer and Daniel Westoff, for the f*** of an editing job they do day in, day out. A shout out, as well, to our friends over at Tennis Point. Remember, it's Tennis-Point.com. The promo code is CR15. With all that said, for our wonderful super producers, Fligner and Westhoff, our friends at Tennis Point, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. 